Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic. We are in a series called Types and Shadows. Types and Shadows. And if you were here last week, you remember we introduced this idea of taking some images, pictures, and stories from the Old Testament and really doing a deep dive to see how they point us to Jesus. There are different types and shadows in the Old Testament, and it all points us to Christ. If you read the New Testament, there are only 12 chapters in the entire New Testament. Out of 270 chapters in the New Testament, there are only 12 that don't make any reference to the Old. How many of you know that you can't separate the Old Testament from the New Testament? In the Old Testament, it is Christ concealed. In the New Testament, it is Christ revealed. So from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, it all points to Jesus. This, this series centers on Christ. And last week we talked about the crossing of the Red Sea. How many of you, you crossed the Red Sea with us last week? We, we saw ourselves in the children of Israel, and really the parting of the waters was a picture of salvation and how we are saved, not by our works, but by God's grace. How many of you are thankful for grace? And so many people went public with their faith through water baptism, publicly declaring their love and allegiance to the Lord. Today, I feel like the follow-up to that, that this is a perfect follow-up to last Sunday with so many people receiving Christ, I felt like this message today is going to fit perfectly with the journey that you're on. Today, I want to talk to you about temptation. Hmm... Oh, yeah, some of you know the reality of that. Can I have a good amen? You see, when you say yes to Jesus, you don't bounce around from one glory cloud to the other. It's not a problem-free fantasy. Can I have a good amen? How many of you know now the battle starts? My mom would always say this, son, you're either running with the devil or you're running into him. If you haven't run into him, you might be running with him. You see, and when you change course and say yes to the Lord, there is a bullseye on your back. There is a battle to fight. And so today, in this second installment, as we talk about temptation, we're going to see how Adam in the Old Testament is a type of Christ. In fact, I'm going to do my best to read out of Genesis, the, the Garden of Eden, and that first temptation, original sin, and I want to use that as the backdrop to teach you out of Matthew chapter 4 and the temptation of Jesus. See, where Adam failed, Jesus succeeded. Sometimes we are born, and we talk about this a lot, we are born into sin, and sometimes we don't realize the propensity of sinfulness that we have. In Adam, we are doomed, but in Jesus, we are victorious. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. 
I want you to see all throughout scriptures, and we're going to read a lot of scripture today. I hope you brought your Bible with you because I'm going to bring you from cover to cover. We're going to go all over this and see how the Bible, it links Adam to Christ. The first Adam created this sin problem. We're going to read this in just a moment. But the second Adam was the solution to the problem that the first Adam created. Uh, I heard recently a conversation. This was uh, recorded by one of the Bible scholars named Google. Um, I'm just seeing if you're listening. I'm seeing if you're listening. Adam and God had a conversation, and Adam said, Lord, I really love being in this garden that you've made. It's just so beautiful, but I'm kind of lonely. God said, well, okay, I'll, I'll make a companion for you. She'll be called woman. She'll cook for you and wash your clothes. She'll always agree with every decision you make. She will bear your children and never ask you to get up in the middle of the night to take care of them. <laughs> Some of you fellas are like, man, where is that commentary? I need that one. She won't nag you. She won't give you the silent treatment. She'll never expect you to read her mind. She'll always be the first to admit she was wrong when you disagree. She'll never have a headache. <laughs> but freely give love and compassion whenever needed. Adam says, wow, this sounds amazing, God. How much is this going to cost me? God said, well, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Adam said, well, what can I get for just a rib? Turn to your neighbor and say, he ain't right. He ain't right. That is not in the Bible, and it's not in any commentary. <laughs> Some of you guys were hopeful. You're like, man, what type of shadow is this? <laughs> Genesis chapter 3. Let's read this familiar passage in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say? Hmm. I want you to underline that phrase in your Bible. The devil will always call into question what God has said. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Well, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. Now, I want you to see how the woman added to Scripture. God didn't say not to touch it. He said not to eat it. See, how you interpret Scripture is important. How you rightly divide the Word is important. Verse 4, the serpent said, You won't die, for God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be just like God, knowing both good and evil. Well, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And this is a familiar story in Scripture. This is where it all went down. And I want you to see that all of us are in Adam. We start out in this life connected 
to Adam. Now, we're made in God's image, but this sin did not just affect Adam and Eve. How many of you know sin, it has a multiplying domino effect? Our mistakes don't just impact us. Our sinfulness doesn't just affect us. It reaches to those around us. And this sin for generations, this is called original sin. Now think about it. They were in this beautiful garden in sinless perfection. Uh, I mean, they could eat from whatever tree that they wanted, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I love what Rick Bizet says. Rick Bizet said, if Adam and Eve were Cajun, we wouldn't be in this problem because they would have eaten the snake and not the fruit. Come on. <laughs> Romans 5, 12, the Bible says this, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. This describes the human condition. I want you to know whether you got saved last week or whether you've been saved for 30 or 40 years, temptation is all-inclusive. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter your level of education, how much money you make, the color of your skin. I'm telling you, it, temptation, it affects all of us. This is the leveler of the playing field. Maybe some of you are here today, and this topic, Temptation has been kicking you in the teeth. Maybe some of you lost a job. Maybe you lost an opportunity. Maybe you lost a marriage. Maybe you lost a relationship. Maybe you lost integrity. Maybe you lost a little bit of hope because of this topic. Now, I want you to know today is not about guilt. It's not about shame, and it's not about regret. But today is about equipping us as the body of Christ to be successful when temptation comes, because it's coming. It affected Adam and Eve in the garden, and from that day to this day, I want you to see the enemy has been lying to generations for millennia. But God, through Jesus, is equipping us where the first Adam failed, the last Adam succeeded. We're going to see this. Many of you know the, the, the story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. I want you to see this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4. There are three different temptations of Christ. And we're going to see Jesus' response to those temptations. And where Adam failed, we're going to see the success of Christ. And in Christ, we can succeed as well. Look at what it says in Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. That's important. How many of you, when you're hungry, you don't always have the best attitude? Don't always make great decisions. Yeah, 40 days and 40 nights he had fasted, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested. And the Bible says in verse 3, during that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, I want you to see this first test, this first temptation, it centers around trust. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, who will you trust. Within every temptation, there's always wrapped up an element of trust. Now notice, who was it that led Jesus into the wilderness? 
It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into this wilderness for a season. Now, let me tell you this. If God is leading you, he will also equip you. Where the Lord guides, the Lord provides. What the devil was coming at Jesus with was this. If you are the son of God, again, he's trying to question what God had spoken. Jesus was just baptized by John in the Jordan River, and he announced to everyone there, this is my son, the one that I love, and him I am pleased. And Jesus is, is sitting there with this blessing and favor of God on his life, and the devil attacks him and says, well, if you really are God's son, then take these stones and turn them into bread. The temptation here is to take matters into your own hand. The question in temptation that you have to decide is this, who am I going to trust? How many of you know it's dangerous when we trust ourselves? Don't take matters into your own hands. Trust the Lord. If he is guiding you, he will provide for you. If the Lord is directing you, remember the Spirit of God brought Jesus into the wilderness. And maybe some of you are in a situation at your job where things are difficult. If the Lord guides, he provides. He's saying, don't trust yourself. Don't trust your flesh. Trust me because I'm with you and I'm for you. When we receive communion today, the body and the blood, the body it represents Jesus being with us. He wrapped himself up in flesh. The blood represents Jesus is for us because he sacrificed his life on Calvary. Within every temptation is the test of trust. Will you trust the Lord? You see, in the Garden of Eden, notice what it said, Genesis 3, 5. The enemy, the serpent, told Adam and Eve, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat this fruit, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, isn't it interesting that both of these temptations center around food? It was the forbidden fruit in the garden, and now it's stones turned to bread in the wilderness. How many of you get tempted by food every now and then? Oh, yes, indeed. You see, the devil is trying to tell Adam and Eve, God doesn't want what's best for you. He wants what's less for you. God's trying to hold out on you. That's why he's saying, don't do this. That's why he's saying, don't eat the tree. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want you to know that when God places boundaries, when God puts restrictions, it's not to restrict you to hold anything from you, but it's to protect you. Boundaries are for your protection. Jesus tells the devil in the wilderness, no, the scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, Jesus was totally dependent on the Father. And when it comes to temptation, I want to encourage you, do not trust in yourself. Trust in your Father. If he's guiding you, he will provide for you. Jesus, I want you to see how he handled this. Basically, in the wilderness, he says, I know God's character. I trust his timing, and I believe he's going to take care of me. Now, I want you to write those three things down. I want you to see the power of this. I know God's character. I trust his timing, and I believe he's going to take care of me. Somebody say, I know his character. Say, I trust his timing. 
Say, he's going to take care of me. Come on, say it again. Say, I know his character. I trust his timing. He's going to take care of me. Now listen, let those three things be the filter. Whatever it is that you're struggling through right now, maybe it's finances. Hey, I know God's character. I trust his timing. I know he's going to take care of me. Maybe it's something going on in your marriage. I know God's character. I trust his timing. He's going to take care of everything that concerns me. Maybe it's sickness in your body. Maybe it's a report that you got from a doctor. Hey, I know God's character. I trust his timing, and he's going to take care of everything that concerns me. Maybe it's a wayward son or daughter. Hey, I know God's character. I trust his timing, and he's going to take care of everything that concerns me. Maybe it's fear about your future. Oh, I know God's character. Listen to me. If you don't know his character, you'll never trust his timing. And then you'll try to take matters into your own hands. Some of you are trying to turn stones to bread. Only God can do that. Oh, this is so good. Look at what it says, Matthew 4 or 5. Then the devil, that was the first test. It was a test of trust. The Bible says in verse 5, Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and he said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the Scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now, isn't the devil sly? How many of you realize even the devil knows scripture? And here he's using this scripture out of Psalm 91. Now, he's not using it the right way, but he's using this scripture to try to mess Jesus up. The first test is the test of trust, but the second test is the test of truth. Come on, somebody say truth. Who am I going to trust and what is the truth. Notice that the serpent did the same thing with Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, did God really say not to eat from the fruit of any of the trees? The devil's going to do his very best to cast a shadow of doubt on everything that God has spoken over your life. I want you to know something about the devil. He's a liar. Can I say that again? The devil who hates you, who's trying to deceive you, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you, the devil is a liar. That's all he knows to do. That's all he can do. The devil's saying, all I do is lie, 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 no matter what. <laughs> Got lying on my mind. I can never lie enough. <laughs> That's wrong. Here's what you need to know about the enemy of your soul. The devil's been doing this for a long, long time. I know you, you've been around and you've got a lot of mileage, a lot of experience, and a lot of wisdom, but the devil's been doing this longer than you've been alive. The devil has been doing this for a long time, and he customizes temptation for your weakness. He's going to take what's weak in your life and customized temptation to speak to that weakness. Let me tell you this, the devil never attacks strength. He always attacks weakness. And if you don't know your weakness, then you're in trouble. If you're trusting yourself, you're in trouble. The devil 
He customizes temptation for our weakness. And I want to tell you this, temptation will make promises that it can never keep. Temptation will promise you freedom, but it'll make you a slave. Temptation will promise you happiness, but it'll always steal your joy. Temptation will will promise you pleasure, but will always create pain. The devil is a liar. John 8, 44, Jesus said this about the devil, that he is a, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. Or one translation says he's speaking his natural language for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil will bait you with temptation, but will hook you with sin. We took a trip, uh, uh, I guess it was sometime last year, with a group of guys from the church. Went on a fishing trip just south of Lake Charles. A group of us go, amen, excited to go. I'm not a great fisherman. I go for fellowship. I'm a rookie when it comes to fishing. But we, we get in this boat, they pair us up, get in this boat, and we have this guide take us out. And, and you know, and he, he's the professional. He's the guy that knows what he's doing. And so he's baiting our hook, and he's telling us, hey, I went to this spot yesterday. This is where they were hitting, and so, man, this is where we're going to fish. And I, being the rookie that I am, I'm still learning to, to cast. I, 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 don't, I don't quite have it down right. I, this guy's dropping it. Exactly. See, see this little nook right here? This is where they're biting. Put it right there. Okay. I think I caught some weeds or something. I don't know. And so I, I'm, I'm working on the cast. Every time I would reel it in, there was no shrimp left on my hook. The fish ate the bait right off my hook. And so he's like, give me your, okay. He's getting upset with me now. He's getting a little frustrated with Pastor Mike. And finally he says, you know what? You, you, you got to set the hook. I'm like, Okay. Remember that, set the hook. Hey, Craig, what does set the hook mean? You got to set the hook. And so I'm reeling it in, and they ate my bait again, ate my bait again, five, six times. We eat the shrimp right off. I told you, you got here, give me that. So he takes the reel. You got to set the hook. I'm like, hey, I'm a fisher of men, not a fisher of fish. Let me tell you. Temptation comes as something that's shiny, something that spins, something that looks good, but there's a hook in the middle of it. The devil's not going to tell you about the barb, the hook in the middle of it. It's going to feel good for the moment, but when you fight and you bite that hook, the devil's going to reel you in. The enemy of your soul is a liar. Adam failed because he didn't fight the lie with the truth. But notice what Jesus says in in Matthew 4, 7. The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. I'm going to tell you this, church. The only way to combat the lies of the enemy is with the truth of God's word. And if you don't know the truth of God's word, the devil will bait you and hook you and reel you in. And you're going to find, you'll be a good person, but you'll end up in a bad place. you got to use the, the, the sword of the Spirit. The Bible says that God's Word is the sword of the Spirit. Now, the enemy is a liar, and you're in a fight. What I'm trying to help you with today, I'm trying to teach you how to fight. Some of you got to start fighting. 
Some of you, 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 don't avoid, don't, don't run away from, lean into the battle with this book. Because when the enemy lies to you, you got to be able to recognize the lies of the enemy. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Do you know the best way to recognize a counterfeit is to be so intimately familiar with the real thing? The best way to identify a lie, you don't have to study lies. Just know the truth. And when you know the truth, then you can say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, that ain't God. You wake up feeling worthless. Man, the the, the devil lies to you and says, you're not going to amount to anything. You say, wait a second. My Bible says that Jesus died on a cross for me. His blood was shed. I am a son or a daughter by, by birth. And that's what gives me worth. Some of you, man, the enemy comes at you and, and he tries to intimidate you and you feel fear coming over you. Wait, wait, wait a second. Second Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I'm going to use my sword. Uh-uh. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, oh, you come at me like that? You coming at me like that? Aha. Take that. Devil. You, you, you got to fight. Listen, God's given you weapons. He's given you armor. You're in a battle. Don't roll over and die. Just because the devil says it, don't believe it. Oh, well, your kids will never get saved. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a second, devil. Proverbs 22, 6, my Bible says if I train up a child in the way that he should go, when he gets older, he will not depart from it. Oh, you're going to be single your whole life. You're just going to be single your whole life, single and sad. Well, wait just a second, devil. My Bible says trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight myself in the Lord and he will give me the desires of my heart. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. you got to know the book. And when you know the word, you put it to work. You slice and dice the devil and cut him down to size. Some of you, that big old bad devil, man, you just, listen, you need to chop him up and put him in his place. Tell you something the difference between between a lie and the truth. Listen to me. Listen to me. A lie has speed, but truth has endurance. Some of you need to write that down. A lie has speed. It'll travel the globe three times before you have a chance to even tie your shoes and get out the front door. A lie has speed, but the truth has endurance. And let me tell you, this, if you anchor your life in the truth, then you can withstand any storm of lie that comes against you. It's super important that you know the word. Spurgeon said this. He said, Jesus used the scripture to battle Satan's temptation. He didn't use some elaborate spiritual power that's inaccessible to us. Jesus fought this battle as fully man. And he drew on no special resources unavailable to us. Out flashed the sword of the Spirit. Our Lord will fight with no other weapon. He could have spoken new revelations, but he chose to say, it is written. Devil comes at you with a lie. You say, "Mm mm-mm, it is written. You see, the greatest weapon that the enemy uses against the church is our ignorance of God's word. You can't use a word that you don't know. 
You say, Pastor, I'm not being tempted right now. Great. Memorize scripture. So when the battle comes, when temptation comes, your response is going to be the dagger of God's word. And you will defend yourself just as Jesus did. Oh, this is so good. The first battle is the, is the test of trust. The second is the, the test of truth. Now look at what it says here. Here's the last temptation of Jesus. The next, next the devil took him, look, Matthew 4, 8. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. This is what he says in verse 9. I will give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Here's the third question I want you to write down is this. And this is what we've got to decide. Is God enough? Is God enough? This was the test of power. Now, what's interesting to me is, again, and this is what temptation does. It makes promises it can't keep. The devil says, if you'll just bow down and worship me, look at all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give them to you. Let me ask you this. Who will the kingdoms of the world eventually bow to? Jesus. You see, the, the devil's trying to give away something that he can't even deliver on. Now, the kingdoms of this world may be under his control now, but how many of you know the devil is a renter and his lease is about up? He's on borrowed time. Think the, the temptation in this moment, Jesus knew that after he would be resurrected and ascend to heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, he knew that God would give him all authority over everything in earth, on earth, and in heaven. He knew that that day was coming, but he had to go through the cross first. This was the temptation to bypass all of that pain. I'll give it to you right now. The devil said, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to sacrifice. Think about that. You know, some people chase the kingdoms of this world. They think, I'll be happy when. They chase fame. They chase money. Popularity, influence, stuff. All of that is an empty pursuit. All of it is. You know what? Chase it and get it, and once you get it, you'll realize this doesn't make me happy. It's, an, it's a race that has no finish line. Is God enough? You see, I believe that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with him. The secret to having it all. You want to know what it is? You want to know the secret to having it all? is knowing that you already do in Christ. In Jesus, we have everything we need. My God is more than enough. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.